the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. My ways are not your ways, nor are my thoughts your thoughts. How do we live in light of that? Let's talk about it next. My ways are not your ways, nor are my thoughts your thoughts. This is what God tells us about himself. So how do we live in light of that truth? Well, we live comfortably, to say the least. There's much more to it than that. God's thoughts and God's ways are up for discussion today out of Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 through 11. Join us for an encouraging look at our awesome God. This is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Join us again, Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 through 11. Here's Pastor Napoleon now with today's broadcast. You know, saints, walking with God, if you haven't figured it out already, is an adventure. I mean, literally, walking with God, anything can happen. Anything can happen. How many know that's the truth? Anything can happen. Walking with God, it's an adventure. Waking up with God, going to bed, knowing that God is on your side. Asking God to move in certain ways, to take you in certain paths, to open doors, to shut doors. Walking with God, you have people coming into your life. You have people leaving your life. You have people uh, lifting you up. And in some cases, you have people tearing you down. Walking with God, sometimes there's high times. You feel like you're just... Floating on the cloud in your relationship. And then sometimes walking with God, you feel like you're crawling through the mud. But it's an adventure. And the thing about it, whether you're on the mountaintop or where you feel like you're crawling through the mud, it's always good to know that God is with you. That he's with you. He's with you. And when you pick up this holy cannon, you see story after story after story of God, you know, journeying with people through wildernesses. Journeying with people through dry land, journeying with people through moments of prosperity and blessing. Even when you look at the Lord Jesus Christ and you look at his life and how his ministry was filled with so much excitement, but at the same time, there were moments when it was filled with such pain. And sometimes when we're walking with God, we don't realize that in the midst of it all, some things that you're going through are not going to make sense. And we have to be clear about this. It's not going to make sense to you. Why? Because God's thoughts are not our thoughts all the time. And God's ways are not our ways all the time. And so the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, God begins to give him insight and begins to give a, really an invitation to the nation of Israel and the people of God about a life of abundance, the abundant life. And in the midst of this proclamation and declaration, we pick it up in verse 6. 
It says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God. Uh, and he will, and he will, excuse me, and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. And look at verse 8. For my thoughts, says the Lord, are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. He says, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and, and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. He shall not return void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which he says I sent it. You know, it's interesting. When you look at this, I think sometimes in our walk with Christ, we lose sight of this. You know, now let me say this. The ultimate goal for all of us is get to a place where we begin to think like the Lord thinks. And we begin to, to display ways the way the Lord displays ways. But that takes time. We don't just get saved and automatically our thoughts become God's thoughts and our ways become God's ways. Now we know that ultimately the Bible says that God wants to see all of us cultivate and develop and have the mind of Christ. This is what we want. But sometimes in this journey, there's a process that we're all going through. And God's trying to teach us how to align ourselves with his thoughts. He's trying to teach us how to align ourselves with his ways. And we go through this process. The word thought here in the Hebrew, it means his purpose. Oftentimes when we come to God, our minds haven't fully aligned with his purposes. We're still trying to get God to bless what we want. Can I have an amen? We're still trying to get God to buy into our plans. And we're still trying to get God to, to think about doing things our way because it would be better for us. Not realizing that what God has for you is better than what you have for you. We have to buy into that. We have to receive that. We have to believe that. This, this word thoughts here it means his purpose. It means his device or his devices. It also means his intentions. God does things intentionally. And his thoughts align with his overall purpose. And for us, what we want to do is learn to tap into this and really embrace what God's doing in our hearts and in our spirits to transform us so that ultimately we begin to think like God. But in order to begin to think like God, we have to start getting disconnected from our old pattern of thinking. You and I have, be, have got to learn to let go. Let go of our old thought patterns, our old thought systems, our old way of thinking, our old way. We've got to learn to start letting it go. Because if we don't, we're not going to align ourselves with God and we're not going to see God 
fulfill his purpose within our lives. He says not only are our thoughts not his thoughts, but he says that our ways are not his ways. This word ways here in the Hebrew, it means the path that is traveled. God has a path that he's traveling. There's a direction that he's going in. There's a way in which he's, he's, he's given and inclined to go. And, I, and for us, we have to make sure in our own lives. Is my microphone messing up? Is, is, it, is it okay? Are you sure? Okay, some of you going like this. Our ways are not his ways, but God has a path that he's going. The path that is traveled, this word here in the Hebrew, it means a, now watch this, y'all. This is important. It is a pattern of life. His ways, his pattern of life. Christianity, hear me now, because I'm getting ready to destroy some sacred cows right now. Christianity is not just a belief system. It is a lifestyle. Can I have an amen? It is a belief system that results in a lifestyle. We have to get this. There is a pattern that God has established. He says, my thoughts, my ways, my pattern of life, my pattern of a lifestyle, my pattern of a living is different than yours. And I think I love, the thing I love about this is he says that the pattern, the ways, the thoughts, he says, the difference between mine and yours or mine are higher than yours. He says higher. You guys are on a, on a certain level. I'm on another level. That's the real another level. And so God is sitting from another level. He's sitting from a different vantage point. And then just the, his makeup is far greater. It's, it's just another, it's a whole another level. And we have to understand that when we're walking with God. And so my job is try, is to do the best that I can to align myself with him. And he's going to change me in the midst of this so that my thoughts begin to change. My ways begin to change. But I have to first acknowledge I'm not there. I need your help. I'm nothing without you. I need your direction. I, and God, I, I'm willing to submit that to you. I put all my pride aside. And things that make sense to you may not make sense to me. But I'm willing to embrace. And so what happens for us when we're walking with Christ, this is where the rubber really meets the road. Because sometimes God will ask us to do things. He will ask us to go places. He will ask us to express ourselves a certain way that does not make sense to us. And in the midst of it, people will call us crazy. People will call us foolish, fanatics. And I understand that there is a place of foolishness and presumption that we all have to get delivered from. But there are some things God's going to ask you to do in your life. And some ways in which he's going to ask you to go in your life. And it's not going to make sense to the people around you. It's not going to make sense, especially to unbelievers around you. Why? Because God's thoughts are not man's thoughts. And God's ways are not man's ways. And so all of us have to embrace, let me say this, the foolishness to man aspect of our walk with Christ. When I said I was retiring, 
from professional football at 27 years old and just received a $6 million contract. And I played one year of it and walked away from $3 million of it. People thought I was crazy. Truth be told, some of y'all would have said I was crazy. But the question was, what did God say? And I wasn't, I didn't just think it up and no, me and my wife, my wife will tell you, we got counsel from our pastor and we went through the whole process and made sure, and it was clear, this is what God said, let's go. At some point in time, saints, all of us in this room, stop worrying about what people are saying. People are changing the message now because they're, you know, we don't want to offend anybody. We can't say anything about homosexuals or we can't say anything about, you know, lifestyles or, or drinking and cussing and people, you know, you're going to run people out of the church. Well, what, I mean, what am I supposed to do? There's no other message. Can I have an amen? This is the only one he gave. We can't change it. But some people are changing it. Why? Because they don't want to appear foolish. I want to show you a story here that I think is a beautiful story that's going to help us and uh, give us some insight into to God's ways and his thoughts and how they don't always make sense to people, but they make perfect sense to God. And when you align yourself with God, there's a blessing on the other side every single time. And God is the great, uh, he's the great individual that brings confirmation for everything that we do. And he does this. And so if we go in our Bibles now to Judges chapter 7, I want to show you something here that I think will really, really help us and give us insight into this, this thought that God's thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. The children of Israel in chapters 6, 7, and 8 of the book of Judges are in a situation where they're battling the Midianites. The Midianites... A nation in this particular region, which was on the scene at this time and really oppressing the, the children of Israel. To the point where there was a great fear that had come over the nation. And people, instead of openly, um, you know, doing the work, uh, planting their seeds, sowing, working, seeing the harvest established in the land were secretly doing things because the Midianites, as soon as they planted, as soon as they went forth and, and seen a harvest getting ready to come in, the Midianites would come in and raid the place and take everything. And so this was a great oppression that was going on over Israel at this particular time. And in the midst of this, they began to cry out to God. God began to see their plight and say that I'm going to help them. And, and generally when God wants to bring forth deliverance and help people, he'll raise up people. He'll raise up a person, whether it's a Moses or Abraham. And in this particular situation, he, he goes after a man by the name of Gideon. And Gideon was an individual in his own heart was struggling with the fear and the oppression that the Midianites had afflicted over the nation of Israel. But God comes on the scene, sends an angel that speaks to Gideon and tells Gideon in the midst of his hiding tells him that he was a, 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 a man of valor, a man of courage, and that he was highly favored, that God was with him. 
And so Gideon starts to get into this dialogue and then make a long story short, he begins to believe what the angel is saying and he responds and, and ultimately we're going to see here becomes a deliverer for the nation of Israel. And in the midst of this, there's a few things that I want to, I want to take note of and that is this battle that, that Gideon is getting ready to get involved in is, is now listen to me saying this is, this is spectacular. Gideon is getting ready to confront 135,000 people. But when it comes to the Israelites, there was only 32,000 of these individuals that were getting ready to go into this battle. And so we see right off the bat, this seems like this is a no-win situation for Gideon and his troops. 135,000 against 32,000. Most of us wouldn't even think about taking on that challenge. But what makes sense to God does not always make sense to man. And I'm okay with that, amen? And we pick this story up here in verse 1, and we'll read it down all the way to verse 3. It says, Then Jerubbabel, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod, so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Moreh in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many. He says, are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, my own hands has saved me. Now therefore, proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead, and 22,000 of the people returned, and 10,000 remained. Now, I want to stop. Look at your neighbor and say, now this is the issue. So now, I've started off with 32,000, and I know that I've got to fight 135,000, the scripture says in, the, in, in chapter 8. And now God, in his infinite wisdom, is now telling Gideon, that these people that you have, the 32,000 of these, there's too many of them. And so 22,000 of them leave. And now 10,000 are left. And, and we did the numbers here. Now it is 13 to 1 that he's getting ready to go into this battle. Somebody say issue. But God's ways are not our ways and God's thoughts are not our thoughts. And if we are going to tap into the mind of God, understand the mind of God, understand his, his ways, there's three tests that we're going to have to pass. Now write this down. There's three tests that we're going to have to pass. If I'm going to journey with you, God, I've got to pass these tests. I'm going to get into my Bible. I'm going to stay close to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to stay in great fellowship with, with people who are of faith. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do all those things that I know to do as a believer. And in doing those, God will always allow me, even though I'm doing those, to have moments where I get tested a little bit. The first test is the test of fear and unbelief. 
Write it down. Gideon is going through this process with God. And God says, everybody that's afraid. And I want to also add unbelief because a lot of times our fear is tied to our unbelief. What happens is everybody who's afraid and fearful He said, I want to just to tell them to raise their hand and just leave. Well, he didn't say raise their hand, but he said leave to depart. These individuals get up, 22,000 of them, and leave. You'd be surprised how fearful people are that are right around you. But it's a test that all of us are going to have to pass if we're going to learn to think the way God thinks and to, to travel the path that God wants us to travel. Our ways have to align with his ways. We cannot walk in the thoughts of God and in the ways of God if we're constantly fearful. Can I have an amen? There's no way we can. We have to stop and ask ourselves, am I really a believer? God says stop. Number one, you guys are going to try to take all the glory if I give you the victory. But, but what you need to know is there's people around you that are really afraid. They just haven't lifted up their hand yet. And saints, we got to get delivered. God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear. He has not given us a spirit of fear. And if we're constantly fearful, there's no way that God can propel us on. And then there's no way our thoughts are going to align. God is not afraid of nothing. Never been afraid of nothing. Doesn't need to be afraid of nothing. He's God all by himself. The most powerful being that has ever existed in the history of existence. He doesn't think fear. He doesn't think about it. It doesn't come to his mind. He doesn't need to fear anything. Well, what happens is we've got to develop this same type of mindset. If I know the God who fears nothing is on my side, then what do I need to fear? Oh, don't get me started up in here. But we got to pass the test. Because there's going to be moments when we're going to be outnumbered 13 to 1. There's going to be moments when you feel like your back is against the wall. But we don't allow fear to overcome us. And as he's overcoming his fears and he's seeing, he's seeing this process with God, what happens? He's starting to develop a different level of understanding of who God is. God's not concerned about the numbers. He's just, he just wants somebody to believe in him. And so for us, we've got to pass this test. If you want your thoughts to become God's thoughts and you want your ways to become God's ways, we got to start getting over this fear. When you start thinking from a fear standpoint, begin to quote the scripture. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound what? I got to get my mind aligned. Amen. I got to get my mind aligned because God has not given me a spirit of fear. He doesn't think that way. He's not afraid of anything. And so it goes down to verse 4. And look what it says here. And this is where we're going to find test number 2. It says, but the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Now, wait a minute here now. There's 10,000 left. And the Lord is saying the people are still too many. He says, bring them down to the water and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And and whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water 
And the Lord said to Gideon, everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by myself, by himself. Likewise, everyone who sets down on his knees, he says to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300 men. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees, he says, to drink, to drink water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, by the 300 men who lapped, I will save you. You're listening to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. As we close out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know that you're listening and this program is encouraging you on a daily basis. We'd love to hear from you. Now, there's a couple of ways you can reach out to us. By phone, of course, and that number is 925-292-7800. Again, 925 925- 292-7800. Or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive, Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. While we would normally invite you to join us here on campus for worship services, we're not able to do that. So what we would invite you to do is join us online. Now, there are three ways you can do that. You can either visit our church app, and if you don't have that on your smartphone or your tablet, you're more than welcome to visit your favorite store and download it for free. Or go to our website, thewellchurch.net, or visit our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 10.30 in the morning. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And we're praying and standing on his truth during this time and remembering God is in control. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you again for spending time with us here today on Times of Refreshing. Until next time, God bless. God bless.